What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, God. Yes, here we are for another episode of Tom Two Jets right here on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon, wherever it is you happen to be listening right now. Please, please do hit that subscribe. Appreciate you listening. And if you wouldn't mind leaving a little five-star rating, a comment, if you wouldn't, if you would be so obliged to. I mean, you know what it is. It keeps the food in the bowls. It keeps the lights on. It is what it is, people. I appreciate you doing that. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being here once again. Follow me on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77. Let me know how you feel about this disaster of a performance by the Jets. And I'm getting kind of tired of describing these games as disasters. I mean, at this point, we should just expect it, right? Like, we should expect that the Bills are going to come in this week and hang 45 points on us. Like, I, I said that before the game. I expected 45-20 was my score. The final score of 45-17, I was a little bit off. I uh, overestimated Mike White, and I think we can all say that the Mike White era is officially over, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think it is about time that we stop saying or stop thinking that we're going to get more out of this Jets team in games like this. I mean, the Buffalo Bills are legitimately a Super Bowl team with a Super Bowl defensive line, a Super Bowl secondary, a quarterback who is arguably the MVP of the league the last two seasons, um, you know, a, a wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, who is possibly the best in the league and just starting to get going. And uh, you can thank Javelin Guidry for that, but I guess uh, Brendan Eccles also was... Uh, to blame as well in getting him heated up uh, right before he got hurt. But yeah, man, this, this was a bad, bad performance once again. I mean, this is three out of four games coming out of the bye week that this team has absolutely gotten undressed on defense and made to look like a bunch of idiots out there, a bunch of fools. And it's, it's time to start putting the pressure on this defense. It's time to start taking it out on them because, you know, we gave them a mulligan for new England you know, oh, you don't have any line, you know, you don't have the linebackers, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, the game gets out of hand. All right, whatever. Now we look at last week, another disaster in Indianapolis. Oh, you know, it's a Thursday night game. It's really weird. They played well at the end. You know, they're shutting them down, down the stretch. They're doing their thing. All right. One more week goes by, and here we are. We're sitting here against the Buffalo Bills, and people are expecting this team to show up and have Mike White play a game, which Mike White did not do, and that's, you know, it's whatever. We should expect that. He's a backup quarterback in this league. He's not a, he's not a legit number one. But this defense showing up and doing what they did once again today just proves to us that all the metrics that they're starting to get hit with, and you heard it, they are the worst-rated defense in this entire league right now, and they proved it today. They went out there, and they said they looked at that number. They were like, let's make sure that we leave no doubt, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you had the worst defense go up against one of the best offenses, and you saw the results, 45-17, and another embarrassment, and 17 is a lot of points. It really isn't representative of what this game was and the performance that the Bills' defense put on, but that's what it is. <laughs> and I mean, jeez, 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 this defense is a joke. They really are. There is nobody, nobody there who is a dog, who has any kind of quality of, 
you know, just somebody with pride. There, there really isn't anybody on this defense with anything right now, and they're not getting it from the top. Robert Sala is completely beaten up by halftime in these games and completely done. You can see it on the sideline. I mean, like, he's just, like, giving up on it. You know, you got Jeff Ulbrich over there who's just doing whatever, and I didn't even hit him with the Ulbrich, but there you go. I mean, it's it's pathetic. It, it's absolutely pathetic. There is no leadership. There is nothing. I mean, C.J. Mosley is doing everything that he can out there, and you see him getting frustrated, play in and play out, and every other snap he's out there trying to do something ridiculous, and he's just not able to do it. He's not able to make up for the deficiencies that this defense is finding themselves having, you know, now 10 weeks into the season. Who would have thought that the defensive line was going to suck this bad after they looked pretty damn good through the first five weeks? You look at what they did versus even the Falcons in that week five in a game where Matt Ryan shredded them. You know, maybe they didn't get a ton of pressure, but they were still around. They were still doing some stuff, and you had a little bit of goodwill from those first four weeks. Then you have New England happen. Nothing. Then you have, you know, Cincinnati happen. You get a little bit of pressure, but not really enough. Next, Last week, Indy, pathetic. This week against Buffalo, absolute joke. John Franklin Myers got paid a big-time contract. Big-time contract. He's a top, I believe, 25 earner at on the defensive line position in the entire NFL right now. So that means he should be a top 25 defensive lineman, if you're talking about that. He's nowhere near that level right now, and he's not even even close to reaching it anytime soon. He's completely lost out there. He has no ability to get to the rush to the to the quarterback. They have him figured out. All offensive lines have him figured out. And it's it's honestly it's I it's baffling to see that a guy was able to do what he was able to do through the first four weeks of the season and be such a wrecker out there. And now he can't even get there. He can't even put a little bit of pressure on. He's not even playing all these snaps. He's losing out on snaps to Shaq Lawson. He's losing out on Sha- on <laughs> snaps, I apologize, to uh, Nate Shepard and Kyle Phillips. And it's, it's pathetic. It is pathetic. This guy, I mean, he, sh- he should be, you know, uh, whatever. Frank Myers needs to start picking it up. And then the other guy who's supposed to be a star here, Quentin Williams, what the heck were you doing today, bro? You got to give me more, man. You got to be in there. You got to be a game wrecker, man. This is a dude who's going to want to be paid big money. He's going to want big time money when his contract is up. He's going to expect himself to be getting, you know, upwards of probably $12 million a season. And he is nowhere near worth that type of money right now. At best, you're looking at a guy who could probably net, I don't know, eight mil a year. And that's if you get a really good deal, in my opinion. He's playing awful. He is not a top three pick in the NFL draft. He is not worthy of being spent big money on. And right now, I mean, you got to really start showing me something, Quinn. And otherwise, you're an expendable piece of this team come the offseason. Because let me tell you right now, most of this defense that you are watching is not going to be here next year. There are going to be a couple of guys because they're young and they're on rookie contracts, so financially it makes sense. So you'll see a couple of the guys in the secondary stick around. You'll see a couple of guys on the defensive line sticking around. Maybe a couple of these linebackers, like, randomly. But nobody, nobody, just like Town Fair Tire, is going to be back 
in terms of Quentin Williams, in terms of probably C.J. Mosley. Marcus May is going to be gone. I would think that maybe Ashton Davis stays because he's still on a rookie deal, but he's not part of the future. Eccles probably sticks around and, you know, probably plays a little bit next year because you need him to. Michael Carter probably sticks around. But that defensive line, Sheldon Rankins, I mean, Franklin Myers is going to be here because you just paid him, so you're stuck with him. Nate Shepard, though, out the door. All of these guys. There is just zero true effort given by these players right now. I mean, it's it's disgraceful. It is disgraceful to come out three out of four games and give up 45 or more points. And the only reason that you didn't have 500 yards in all three of those games was because today they gave up 489. Only 11 off. Sorry about that, guys. Couldn't quite get to the mark today. But come back next week and give it a go again against the Miami's Dolphins offense that can't do anything. Ah, but we'll talk about that. (laughs) Not today. Because I can't even try to think about that game right now when I'm thinking about this awful, pathetic, just disgrace of a performance that I just had to sit and watch for over three hours. Over three hours that game took. Why did that game take three hours? There is uh, there is no reason. There is no reason a blowout like that should be that long. It's uh, it's joke. <laughs> Everything about this game was a joke. By halftime, I mean, listen, once Corey Davis fumbles that ball that Micah Hyde knocks out, I mean, you you realize if you're a Jet fan that, one, this game is a disaster and it's going to be getting really bad in the second half, and two, what the heck is going on? What are we doing out here? I mean, I've been stressing on the defense. I will give Buffalo their, their props. I mean, Josh Allen did go out there and throw for, you know, 21 of 28, 366 yards, two tutties, and a pick, which... Hey, if we're going to give any credit to this defense today, if they get any type of credit, they did cause two turnovers, and the secondary got their first interception of the year. So, hey, everyone, let's give a round of applause. Finally, the secondary gets a pick, but it wasn't any of the guys who we actually want to see develop, and we're trying to you know, grow into starters on this team in this league and parts of this defense going forward. No, it's not Bryce Hall. It's none of them. No. So what the heck are we watching? Are we seeing any development out of these young players that we're supposed to be seeing development from? Because I'm seeing dudes get torched. I'm seeing Josh Allen go after Javelin Gidry and make him look like a just, uh, I don't even know, like, like a CFL corner, like a dude who should be playing in Canada. You know what I mean? That's, that's when you have an issue. You have guys on this defense that aren't NFL players. And I mean, yes, you could make the argument, maybe they will be. And maybe they will be, but they're not right now. They shouldn't be on an NFL roster, but they're playing. And this defense is littered with them. And that's why they keep getting embarrassed, game in and game out. That's why Josh Allen can go have a nice little day out there and make it look easy. I mean, Stephon Diggs made it look easy versus secondary. Eight catches, 162, one touchdown. And he caught, I mean, 
I don't know how many more that just didn't get ruled in. He did catch another one touchdown that got ruled back, and they ran the same play, and he scored again. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. Great wide receiver. But the fact that this defensive coaching staff did not even think about putting a second man on Stephon Diggs throughout the time he was torching this defense through through the end of the second quarter and the beginning of the third. I mean, it, it, what do you say? What do you say? It's an indictment. It's a complete and absolute indictment. And if this is Jeff Ulbrich's job and this is Jeff Ulbrich doing all this, then Jeff Ulbrich needs to take the brunt of all of this. And Robert Sala needs to step up and he needs to start taking over this defense because otherwise – Everybody on this staff is going to be looking for a new job at the end of the season. And Robert Sala is going to be building a house in New Jersey that he's going to be flipping. You know, so he's going to just end up staying in that damn hotel room that he's been living in the whole year. It's it's maddening, man. It really is a maddening, people. I, I love you guys for being here and sticking with me, but this is rough. Like, watching that whole game. And now coming here, I mean, I'm very happy, actually, that I get to vent with you guys because this is a good uh, good little medium for me. It gets me, uh, you know, it's like uh, anger management in a way. You know, <laughs> you let out a little therapy. But, you know, let me know what you guys are thinking. Let me know if I'm crazy right now, if I'm just uh, overreacting. At Zubeard77 on the Twitter machine, you know what I mean? Like, am I just bugging? Am I, am I overreacting to another terrible performance or is this going to be what this team looks like the rest of the year i don't think it's crazy to say that this is what this team is going to be the rest of the season there's going to be a couple of outlier games i mean there's a couple of easier games but when you look at some of the teams that are going to come in and some of the offensive units that are going to come in i mean it's really hard for me to believe that this team isn't going to have another game where they have a 50 burger hung on them and at least another two where they give up 500 yards. I mean, it's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable to have five games, upwards of more than five games, where you're giving up 45-plus points in a season. And it doesn't matter how many wins you get. It's That's still big. That's fundamental. Those are fundamental issues. You winning those games are flukes. You could say these are flukes. But those wins, there are factors that go into them that aren't your team playing great. I mean, players do have to play really good, but there's help that went into those wins versus the Bengals and the Titans. And I just, I'm looking at these losses now, and they have just been so uncompetitive, such like, such a loserish way to watch games. Like, you know, immediately it's over. Like, you know these games are over within the first quarter and a half. Think about that. Before 2 o'clock, you're done. You could be done. You could go about your day. Me, I sit there and I'll watch the rest and I'll, I'll sim it up for you. So make sure you hit that subscribe so you can go and enjoy your Sunday. And then you come back here and you listen to the podcast and you catch up on what happened in the game. And most of the time, you'll be right. The Jets lost. And today was just another example of another embarrassing performance. And I've been taking a crap all over the defense so far. I think I should uh, spread the love here. And I'll go over to the offensive side of the football. And I'll start with uh, Mike LaFleur, my man. Um, 
Listen, the guy's been killing it the last couple of weeks. Good play calls. It's been working out. He's going up against a good defense that can actually shut some things down. And you see what happens. They got absolutely demolished. Mike White was overwhelmed and underprepared to go up against a secondary that was as good as that one. And this offensive line, listen, uh, actually, I'll just wait. I'll just wait on that because I do want to talk about Mike White first. I want to give the man his due. He did a great job when he came out a couple of weeks ago, played his ass off, played his ass off for two drives in Indy, tried today, but it was not there. And he was doing a lot of things that are not what Mike White is supposed to do. Gunning the ball 40 yards down the field is not what Mike White is supposed to do because that ball is a punt, essentially, in the way that it's sitting up in the air for a defender to get back there and behind it and jump up. Boom. Bingo. That's what's happening, man. It, it's uh, Mike White's not a guy. It's over. That's it. Mike White is not the dude. The Mike White era is officially over from Halloween until... November 14th, that was the Mike White era, about two weeks. We enjoyed it. We had fun. It was a good time. It was nice to believe. But now it's time to get back to reality and back to Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson, you see him on the sideline today. You saw him. They showed a little bit of his pregame warm-up. He looked pretty good. I wouldn't be shocked if he's back next week. But whenever he is ready to play, he's going to play. Uh, Mike White. Mike White's not the guy. Mike White is not a guy. Joe Flacco is not the guy, although he went out there and uh, had a perfect QBR at 158.3. Um, he's not the dude. And I'll hit you with Mike White's numbers real quick. 24 of 49, 41, sorry, apologize. Uh, 251 yards, four interceptions, and 33.4 QBR. And again, I tell you, I don't know much about QBR, but... You know, Joe Flacco had a perfect one at 158.3. So I'll let you decide for yourself. You know, Mike White, 33.4. You know, you, you can you can read between the lines there. Uh, not a very good performance from the guy. I really, uh, I do think that he has showed that he has the ability to be a backup in this league. Um, I think that's his ceiling. Maybe a win or two here and there. You know, maybe he could be C.J. Beathard for us in the future. Who knows? I mean, that's what the 49ers have. And when, you know, Jimmy G goes out eight times a season, they have C.J. Beathard to turn to, and he always picks him up a win or two. You know, competitive in a couple of games out of nowhere. And that's what this team is right now with Mike White. And when Zach Wilson comes back, hopefully they can actually take a step forward and Zach can learn this offense a little bit and make things happen. But it's going to be really, really hard for anybody to take a step forward in this offense when this offensive line is as bad as they played today. I mean, jeez. As a team, there were nine penalties for 69 yards and 69. I mean, that's pretty nice. But at the uh, <laughs> what wasn't nice was the fact that six of those or more, I think I believe it was six, but it might have been more, of those penalties were called on the offensive line. That is so bad. That is so undisciplined. I mean, you you look at that offensive line coach after this game today, and you fire him. Like, that's the first guy to go. Because this offensive line, it's not just today. It's been all season long that they have been absolutely abysmal. From Greg Van Rotten sucking 
to Morgan Moses having bad games to Connor McGovern being the most inconsistent player in the league. And honestly, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that anymore because he's consistently pretty bad and he's joining Greg Van Rotten on the list of unwatchable, unplayable people on that line. Elijah Vera Tucker's a rookie. And then George Fant has played good, but today was a bad game for him also. This is a bad offensive line of terrible job by Joe Douglas putting this together, not seeing that he has so many holes in this team, so many holes in this offensive line. And I mean, watching Connor McGovern today, to point out a couple of things, on the play where Mike White uh, fumbled the football, or uh, fumbled the football, but it got called back as an incomplete pass, on that play, I went back, I watched it about two times, two, three times, and McGovern is standing there, not even looking at Ed Oliver, looking to his right, and as Ed Oliver flies up the field like a free American on the July 4th barbecue, he is flying up the damn field to kill Mike White. And then Connor McGovern turns around and he's all angry. He's, and he's looking at Vera Tucker and he's trying to blame Vera Tucker. And I mean, maybe you could say something about Vera Tucker. I mean, the guy was lined up in the A gap, but he was lined up on Connor McGovern. I mean, there's a block scheme that's going on on the outside that you can see where Vera Tucker is getting the, you know, end or the whatever defensive lineman that was lined up on a Fant pushed down to him. You can see that's going on on the left side. But, no, McGovern tries to put that blame on Vera Tucker in the moment, and he doesn't realize that it's on tape how bad he looked on that play. And then there was another sack a couple of drives later where McGovern, once again, is nowhere to be found, not looking at anybody as a guy goes running right by him, untouched. That happened three or four times today, right up the center of the gap. This is a terrible job by this offensive line. It's a terrible job by Connor McGovern. He is absolutely awful out there today and got Mike White. I mean, Mike White looked bad because he's not a great quarterback, but he didn't look, he well, he shouldn't have been that bad. This offensive line completely let him down. They did not show up. They did nothing for him. And you could look directly to the center for where it starts because Connor McGovern was a joke and he should be ashamed of his performance today. And I haven't looked at any post-game comments yet, but I, uh, if he has set, if he has the balls to say that anybody else besides him, you know, had a bad game today, that people weren't getting the ball out quick. Oh, Vera Tucker missed that block. You know, oh, oh, Van Rotten missed the block. And I listen, I, you know, my feelings on Van Rotten, guys. I mean, you know how I feel. But the dude cannot be blamed for how bad Connor McGovern was today. And I, I can't stress it enough. This offensive line needs to be rehauled. This defense needs to be rehauled. This entire team is so much further off than we could have ever imagined. That this is this is just this is a disaster. This is an absolute disaster of a season. It's a disaster of a regime right now, and we'll get into it in the three takeaways later. But I uh, I don't know how this keeps going. A uh, couple of quick shout outs before we get to some tweets here. Michael Carter, solid game, 16 rush attempts, 39 yards. That's not so nice. But when your offensive line really isn't playing good at all, I mean. It's, it's solid. He also went in for a touchdown, 
four catches, 43 yards. So you total that all up. He had himself an 82-yard game today. Nice little game for the Rook. Continues to put up yardage. I mean, he's somebody that you can rely on to make a play. You get the ball in his hands, get him a little bit of space, and he's going to do something. If you ever get him behind a good offensive line, then he's going to perform. That's just, I, I, I promise you, he's going to be a guy that has 2,000 all-purpose yards in a season easily, easily, if you give him a solid offensive line to run behind. Because when you get him the ball out of the backfield in the passing game, he is, he is damn near impossible to take down without two guys or more. It's, it's really, really good to watch, really nice to watch. And the other young guy here, Elijah Moore, three catches, 44 yards and a touchdown, continues the hot little streak for him. Now he's got three touchdowns in the last three weeks. He continues to look like he's rounding into form, and you're starting to see what people saw in the preseason in him and what the Jets saw in him when they drafted him out of Ole Miss. I mean... Listen, Elijah Moore could be a dude that, you know, when Jameson Crowder is gone, he might be the guy who takes over that slot position and becomes, you know, a, a legitimate stud on this team. Uh, Joe Flacco was the one who got him most of his work today, too, by the way. Just uh, shout out Joe Flacco once again, of course. But it shows you, you get a guy who can throw a ball, guys can make plays. And Elijah Moore made some plays. You you saw a couple flashes and it. I mean, say what you will about the game, but that was always good to see. And old Corey Davis. Corey Davis coming back from injury. Five catches, 93 yards, but that terrible, awful fumble, and he had an awful first half also. I mean, that fumble just accentuated it. It was the most perfect way to end just a pathetic uh, half a play. But I look at Corey Davis, and I have no faith that that guy can become uh, number one on this team going forward. I don't think you can trust him to do that, and I think that in this offseason, that needs to be a, a main target of this team is getting somebody, somebody who is reliable to catch the ball because you have everybody to do everything else. I mean, Corey, Corey Davis would be a perfect number two. Elijah Moore is a really good slot receiver. Trust me, in a year or two, he's going to be very, very good. So you want to keep him and play him right now. The problem is there's nobody that you can go to on any play and and just know that he's going to come down with it. There is no DeAndre Hopkins. There is no Devontae Adams. And it's not like those guys grow, grow on trees. But when you see you know young quarterbacks having success, Joe Burrow, what does Joe Burrow have? Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a legitimate number one receiver. He also has Tyler Boyd and you know other options to go to as well. You look at all of these young guys who are succeeding. Herbert, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I mean, it's it's not hard. It's not hard to see the success. It's not hard to see how success happens. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, you know, Tyreek Hill. They, they, look at Miami. Look at what Tua has to throw to. He has Devontae Parker, and yes, now he has Jalen Waddle, and you saw them make a couple of plays when they're together on the field. But still, you can't throw the ball to the guy every time. You see what happens to these young quarterbacks when they have no options to go to, when they have no weapons. This Jets team has no weapons. They have no offensive line. They have a terrible defense. And what does that add up to? That adds up to... In complete rebuild once 
again. Let's get to the Twitter questions, everybody. Uh, Twitter questions, Twitter comments. I apologize. I don't expect any questions after this game. Oh, God. We'll start off with old Batesy at abates04. Don't know what to make it today, Big Ed. We need a lot, I guess. That's what I take from today. You're not wrong, brother. Need to address offensive line. Need need at least two guys there. One or two speedy shutdown linebackers and secondary help. All needs to be done in draft. Trades, maybe free agency. All right. Uh, let me see. Where do I want to start here? Need two guys on the O-line. I absolutely agree there. You need to replace Van Rotten, and you need to replace McGovern ASAP. You have Becton, who's going to come back, so you can make the argument that you're going to have a replacement for Fant or Moses already on the way, so you don't need to go out and get anybody. Uh, but when you look at Connor McGovern and you look at Greg Van Rotten, you look at two guys that absolutely need to be <laughs> just gone off of this roster come next season. And... If I have my perfect world, I would love for the Jets to get Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. The guy's a stud. He's going to be a starter in this league for 10-plus years. Get in on him. Get him on this team. And then you stick right next to him at right guard. You go and you find a veteran. You find a guy who has played alongside some really solid players, who has gotten in a lot of reps in this league, who knows what he's doing, you bring him in, and you have him compete with Duvernay Tardif. You maybe draft a guy in like the fifth, sixth round. You see what you got. You have a little competition. And that veteran, you keep him around so that you can continue to have him bestow some knowledge on this line. Morgan Moses, I think you bring him back for the same reason. But you absolutely need to get some first-line talent at that center position and at that right guard spot. So whatever you got to do, you got to do. You got to pay whatever you got to pay because that needs to be fixed immediately. Joe and Clark, the man, Joe and Clark coming in. JFM, now two tackles in the last 24 quarters. What a bargain he was for $44 million. <laughs> there you go, Joe. I mean, uh, Joe definitely is turning on uh, Franklin Myers a little bit. I am too. I think that he has uh, looked absolutely atrocious since he's gotten that con uh, contract and in the last 24 quarters, man, that's a long, long time, people. We're talking about six games, two tackles. That's pretty terrible. I got to fact check that. But, Joe, if you're if you're right on that one, man, wow. We, we really got some issues with Franklin Myers. Uh, Matt Miller chimes in. Originally, I thought the Jets just needed to improve the offensive line. But now I have to add fixing the defense as well. It's going to take time. Uh, Matt, you're not wrong, man, and it really is unfortunate that we have to see this go on like this. Uh, we have to see this team play like this. We have to see them get their asses whooped week in and week out. And, I mean, when you want Robert Sala to be good, you want Robert Sala to be a guy who is, you know, coming in and being the defensive guru that you were uh, promised with him, it's it's just not, it's just, it's not happening that way. Um defensively, there are a lot of holes to fix, and you need to get some veterans. And I think you're going to lose C.J. Mosley. So whatever you can do in the draft, you do through the draft, but you need to bring some vets on this team because if I see another secondary next year where we're starting all rookies and we're starting rookies across the board, 
by like week five, I'm going to have some serious issues with Joe Douglas because this is pathetic by this point. You need to get some solid players who are established, who can go. Enough is enough. Enough is enough with this. Nicola Moltisanti, my man. There we go. I hit that for a minute. They're horrendous from top from the top down. Number one, they don't care enough. Three weeks in a row, giving up all those points. That's about not being ready and not doing the work. Absolutely right, Nicola, man. I mean, this is pathetic. They really don't care. They aren't showing up and they aren't doing anything. They aren't playing their asses off. They're not doing enough in practice, you can tell, because they're not ready for any of these games. They also don't have the talent, so there is that there. So, I mean, you can't only put that so much on these players, but when they don't have any talent as well to go with it, it's a problem. You can't put everything on them when they're not that talented, and, I mean, it, 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 you do you give them some credit for being able to do what they can do, but at the same time, it's pathetic. It, it really is at the end of the day, and you put a lot of it a lot of it on this coaching staff for me and a lot of it on this GM for putting together this team that's so poorly constructed. I mean, to have so many rookies, unproven players, it's just, it's an absolute atrocity. An atrocity by Joe Douglas. But we move on. We move on. Gene Thornton hits it up. Been on a downward spiral since Coatsite. Wow, we're going back, bro. Okay. Uh, Jets fans never abandoned them, however. Nah, man, we still here, bro. Uh, Lou DiPietro, my man, dropping a little, uh, a little major league reference here. Um, but you know, let's just say we're getting ready for, uh, uh, the season. You know what I mean? Go check that out on, uh, on the comments, but, uh, Jay gold constantly getting crushed falls on the GM. Joe Douglas has not put a consistently competitive team on the field in two years now. Absolute facts, my man. Absolute facts. Keep preaching, bro. Vin at Super Nintendo hit it up with a, a little gif here. He gave it a one out of, was that, five-star rating and said absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> three words from Tony Metro. Owners got to go. And let's see, what else do we got here? Kevin Lynch, my man, chiming in. Joe Douglas sucks and what he needs to sell. Amen, bro. And let's see, Salah is terrible, and that comes from the man at RJC underscore XIII. So what would that be? 13 in Roman numerals. I know my stuff, people. Come on, man. Come at me with the no Roman numerals. Sheesh. It's kindergarten stuff for me, y'all. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, if you guys do want to interact with me on the Twitter machine, hit me up at Zubeard77. Give me a follow. I tweet out a bunch of stuff. I'm a big Knicks fan as well. So if you're a Knicks fan, hit me up on there. Um, you know, obviously Jets content and college basketball. I'm a big college basketball guy too. So uh, give me those follows over there. I appreciate it. And I love interacting with you guys. And I love getting to know y'all on the Twitter machine. But uh, let me get over to three uh, takeaways from this game so that you all can uh, go on with your day and not have to worry about this Jets team until Wednesday when the next episode of Time to Jets comes up. And I do promise y'all it will be up on Wednesday this week. I am sorry about last week once again. But here we go. Three takeaways from today's game. Number one, I said this earlier, Zach Wilson is the starter for this team when he is ready to come back. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
Mike White is nothing on this team going forward in terms of a starter. He can be the backup for the future, but he's not a starter on this team. He's not a starter in this league. Zach Wilson is the guy who has the ability. He has the talent. He just needs to get his head straight, and he needs to start doing these small things right. They've been the problem of his since college. It's time for him to step up and start to do these things right. Otherwise, guess what? This is an Arizona Cardinals situation where Cliff Kingsbury comes in, gets rid of Josh Rosen, and brings in Kyler Murray. That's exactly what we're looking at right here. I don't even, I don't even have a question about that. Number two takeaway, the defense is a disaster. It's a disaster, people. It's um, it's anemic, it's pathetic, whatever you want to use as your word. It's all of that and more. Um, and they're living up to being the worst defensive-rated team in the league right now, that's for sure. I don't know where you start. I don't know what you see on this team that you can even take anything out of this season. They're pathetic. They are awful. They're a disgrace. And, I mean, anything short of firing Jeff Ulbrich over the offseason isn't going to be enough. Um, uh, I'm, I'm at a loss of words. If this continues to happen, then I'm going to bring you to takeaway three here. If this continues to happen, this coaching staff is done. This is a one-and-done year for them. And Robert Sala probably never gets another chance to coach or be a head coach in this league ever again. And it'll be a while before he gets a chance to be a defensive coordinator again, too. Because, I mean, the way that this team looks defensively is absolutely disgraceful for a guy who prides himself on that. And I'll leave you guys with this thought. What do you want from this Jets team? What do you need to see from this team going forward in order for you to have any faith in them going into the future? To have any faith in them going into the offseason and going into next year? What do they need to do? Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77 with your thoughts on that question. Follow the podcast. Subscribe. Please leave that five-star rating. We appreciate you. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is you are listening right now, you know where it is that you're listening. Hit that subscribe. Come on, man. Appreciate y'all. Now have a good rest of your day, good rest of your evening, good rest of your morning, whenever it is for you. But I appreciate you. And right before I go, I do want to say shout-outs to Steve Summers, my man, my... My mi familia, I appreciate you, sir. Congratulations on a great run. 34 years at the fan. I can't wait to see what you do next, my man. I can't wait till uh, hopefully you pop back up on here a few times at, at WFAN again. Appreciate working with you. Appreciate getting to know you as a person. Thank you for breaking me in in the business. And thank you for being such a inspiration to so many people in this business from this city and just being such a such a mentor you know to me and to my uncle and i can't say enough sir you really are you you are as good as it gets and with that being said i don't think there's very much left for me to say uh thank you guys again thank you for uh listening to me at the end have yourselves a great rest of the day like i said 
Until Wednesday, I'm just going to bid you all adieu. Peace.